0: I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Players in the Game of Life podcast. Today we want to talk about a question that has been asked quite frequently. Why does God allow evil? The Bible describes God as a holy God, according to Isaiah 6 and 3. As a righteous God, according to Psalms 7 and 11. A just God according to Deuteronomy 32 and four. A sovereign God in Daniel 4, 17 through 25. These attributes tell us the following about God. God is capable of preventing evil. And two, God desires to rid the universe of evil. So if both of these are true, why does God allow evil? If God has the power to prevent evil and desires to prevent evil, why does he still allow evil? Perhaps a practical way to look at this question would be to consider some alternative ways people might have God run the world. Number one, God could change everyone's personality so they cannot sin. This would also mean that we would not have a free will We would not be able to choose right or wrong because we would be programmed to only do right Had God chosen to do this there would be no meaningful relationships between him and his creation Instead God made Adam and Eve innocent But with the ability to choose good or evil Because of this they could respond to his love and trust him or choose to disobey. I guess you know what they chose. They chose to disobey. Because we live in a real world where we can choose our actions, but not their consequences. Their sin affected those who came after them, which is us. Similarly, our decisions to sin have an impact on us and those around us and those who will come after us. That's your children, your grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren. Number two, God could compensate for people's evil actions through supernatural intervention 100% of the time. God would stop a drunk driver from causing an automobile accident God would stop a lazy construction worker from doing a substandard job on a house that would later cause grief to the homeowners. God would stop a father who is addicted to drugs or alcohol from doing harm to his wife, his children, or extended family. God would also stop gunmen from robbing convenience stores and robbing old ladies on the street corner or even you or I taking our cars at gunpoint. God would stop high school bullies from tormenting brainy kids. And he would stop some people or all people from going to these schools and shooting up and killing innocent people. God would stop thieves from shoplifting. And yes, God could stop terrorists from flying airplanes into buildings. While this solution sounds attractive, It would lose its attractiveness as soon as God's intervention infringed on something we wanted to do. We want God to prevent horrible evil actions, but we are willing to let lesser evil actions slide, not realizing that those lesser evil actions are what usually lead to the greater evil actions. Should God only stop actual sexual affairs? or should he also block our access to pornography or end any inappropriate but not yet sexual relationships? Should God stop true thieves or should he also stop us from cheating on our taxes? Should God only stop murder or should he also stop the lesser evil actions done to people that lead them to commit murder? Should God only stop acts of terrorism? Or should he also stop the indoctrination that transformed a person into a terrorist? Number three, another choice would be for God to judge and remove those who choose to commit evil acts. The problem with this possibility is that there would be no one left, for God would have to remove us all. We all sin and commit evil acts according to Romans three twenty-three, Ecclesiastes 7 and 20 and 1st John 1 and 8. While some people are more evil than others where would God draw the line? Ultimately all evil causes harm to others. Instead of these options God has chosen to create a real world in which real choices have real consequences. In this real world of ours, our actions affect others. Because of Adam's choice to sin, the world now lives under the curse and we are all born with a sin nature, according to Romans 5 and 12. There will one day come a time when God will choose and will judge the sin in this world and make all things new, but he is purposely delaying in order to allow more time for people to repent, so he will not need to condemn them, according to 2 Peter 3 and 9. Until then, he is concerned about evil. When he created the Old Testament laws, one of his goals was to discourage and punish evil. He judges nations, and rulers who disregard justice and pursue evil. This is not geared or aimed at any politician in particular. Likewise, in the New Testament, God states that it is the government's responsibility to provide justice in order to protect the innocent from evil according to Romans 13th chapter. He also promises severe consequences for those who commit evil acts, especially against the innocent. Well, in summary, we live in a real world where our good and evil actions have direct consequences and indirect consequences upon us and those around us. God's desire is that all of our sakes, for all of our sakes, we would obey him that it might be well with us. Deuteronomy 5 and 29. Instead, what happens is that we choose our own way and then we blame God for not doing anything about it. Such is the heart of sinful man. But Jesus came to change men's hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he does this for those who will turn from evil and call on him to save them from their sin and its consequences, according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. God does prevent and restrain some acts of evil. This world would be much worse were God not restraining evil. At the same time, God has given us the ability to choose good and evil. And when we choose evil, he allows us and those around us to suffer the consequences of evil. Rather than blaming God and questioning God on why he does not prevent all evil, we should be about the business of proclaiming the cure for evil and that is Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, there is going to be a time that we are going to have to make decisions and sometimes those decisions can bring about some negative consequences you choose or we choose and I have done it myself chose to do some things that are totally against the will of God I'm not perfect I may be the only one on this earth that'll say that I'm not perfect but I know it's at least two or three of us that are not perfect and we deal with the consequences yes and those consequences cause sometimes irreconcilable dilemmas but if we do it the way that God wants us to do it and we come to him and we learn more of him and we start to try to help our families and watch the things that we do and talk about the things that we think or contemplating on doing we may be able to change things one person at a time we don't have the ability to change another person's mind or to change even what they do. Believe me, my idea and my goal is not to get you to think like me. My ideal is not to get you to think like I think. It's, or or for even me to change your minds. I'm not trying to do that. All I want you to do is think, people. Just think. I'm not saying that you're not thinking, but think more, contemplate more. Look at the long range ramifications. Of the choices that we make. This advice goes to me as well. If we were to do that. There would be less drama in this world. Maybe more peace. What you think? I hope so. Next week I have another topic. That I want to talk about. And that is. Why does the Bible say. In Isaiah 47. No 45 and 7. Say that God. Created evil. Well, until next week. I guess I'll be with you next week if you allow me. Have a blessed day. Share this podcast with a friend. Share it with somebody. Don't even have to be a friend. Somebody you care about. Somebody that may need it. Share it with your boss or co-worker. God bless.